Dear friends in Christ, he is risen. And that changes everything. Please be seated. Many times in life, when something is empty, it's not a good thing. For example, an empty tank of gas when you are in the middle of nowhere means you're going to be stranded. An empty swimming pool can provide no relief for you on a hot summer day. An empty water bottle can do nothing to quench your thirst if you've been exercising. Many times when something is empty, it's a bad thing. This morning, we are confronted with an empty tomb. The tomb in which the lifeless body of Jesus was placed at sunset on Friday the tomb that was sealed, the tomb at which a guard was posted, is empty. The stone has been rolled away, and it is empty. And I know that at this point you expect me to say that when it comes to the tomb of Jesus Christ, empty is a good thing. Well, not in and of itself. You see, all an empty tomb tells us is that Jesus' body is not there. So where is it? What happened to it? And what does all of this mean? It's not just the empty tomb. It's the risen, living, breathing, resurrected Christ that is not only the good thing, but the greatest thing. And he changes everything. The women in our gospel lesson for today did not see the risen Christ with their own eyes, at, at least not yet. The angels there at the tomb told them that Christ had risen from the dead. And these angels also reminded them that Christ had predicted that this is exactly what would happen. Indeed, on more than one occasion, Christ told his disciples, the Son of Man must go up to Jerusalem and be handed over to the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders, and be killed, and on the third day rise again. On another occasion, when he was on the temple grounds, he said, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up again. And John tells us that here he was speaking about the temple of his body. And in yet another occasion, Christ said, As Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days, so will the Son of Man be in the earth for three days. On these and other occasions, Christ predicted exactly what was going to happen, demonstrating for us and for all people that the life death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ was God's plan all along. And this risen Christ changes everything. How? First of all, the risen Jesus Christ proves that he is exactly who he claimed to be. He is who the Father proclaimed him to be, both at his baptism and at his transfiguration, 
where the Father identified him as his beloved Son. He is exactly who the disciple Peter confessed him to be when he said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. The risen Christ is the righteous, innocent, blameless Son of God who had nothing in himself that deserved punishment or death. Now we have to admit that if Christ would have sinned, if there would have been something in him that was unrighteous, his body would still be in that tomb. For he would have died as a result of his own sin, not our sin. But in fact, the risen Christ proves he is exactly who who he claimed to be and that he accomplished exactly what he came to accomplish, namely, to give his life as a ransom for many. And the risen Christ proves that God the Father has accepted his payment as payment in full for the sins of the world. There is nothing more that needs to be done, not by Christ, not by you, not by anyone. Every thought, every word, every deed in the history of mankind that has been not pleasing in the sight of God is now covered, is now paid in full by the blood of Jesus Christ and his life given on that cross. Paul puts it rather in a negative way in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 when he writes, if Christ is not raised from the dead, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Indeed, if Christ is not raised, we are in trouble. We are lost. For we would be standing on our own and on our own to stand before a righteous, holy, and all-powerful God on the last day. And that would be a scary and rather hopeless proposition. Back in August of 2015, radio and television broadcasting legend Larry King gave an interview to the New York Times. And during that interview, he revealed that he has arranged to have his body frozen at the point of his death. The theory being that someday researchers might find a cure for whatever killed him, and then he could be thawed, brought back to life, and that cure applied to him. Later on, in that same interview, Larry confided to the reporter, Mark Leibovich, that he thinks all the people who are involved in this cryonics, the science of freezing and thawing bodies, are, in Larry's words, nuts. But he said, at least with this, I could die with a shred of hope. A shred of hope? How sad. That's not what God wants for Larry King or for you or for anyone. 
He wants you to be filled with hope. Not only as you live your life, but as you look forward with anticipation to your eternal life in his presence. Paul again says it very well in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. But Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of all who have fallen asleep. Meaning that there will be many, many, many more who will rise from the dead just as Christ has risen from the dead, physically, bodily, rising from the dead. And that includes you and me and all who trust and believe in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin and everlasting life on the day when Christ returns. In the weeks here ahead at St. Paul's in our worship services, we're going to be hearing a lot about the post-resurrection appearances of Christ. Just stop to consider a few of those post-resurrection appearances. There is the appearance to Mary Magdalene on Easter morning in the garden, the appearance to the women as they run back from the garden, the appearance to the two men on the road to Emmaus on Easter afternoon, the appearance to the disciples on Easter evening with Thomas absent, the appearance to the disciples one week later with Thomas there, the appearance to eight of the disciples as they're fishing on the Sea of Galilee, and the appearance that Paul writes of in 1 Corinthians 15 where Christ appeared to more than 500 people at one time. All of these appearances by Christ following his resurrection to demonstrate without a doubt to his disciples and to all of us that he is no longer dead, but is alive and living. And that alive and living and resurrected Christ changed everything, first of all, for those disciples. Just stop to consider this. What changed those disciples from men who by and large ran away and deserted Christ after his arrest, or men like Peter who denied even knowing Jesus three times there in the courtyard following Christ's arrest, or men who were huddled in fear on Easter evening behind locked doors? What changed them from men like that to men who we know from other sources outside the Bible, all but one of them, died as martyrs rather than deny their faith in Jesus Christ? What is it that transformed those disciples? The risen Christ. Seeing the risen Christ. Talking with the risen Christ. Being taught by the risen Christ. Eating with the risen Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit working through all of that. And the risen, resurrected Christ changes everything in your life and in the lives of your loved ones as well. No longer is death going to have the last say in your life. No longer is the grave going to be your final resting place. And death for you and all Christians is now but a gateway to an everlasting existence in the presence of God. And it ensures for you an eternal reunion with all of your friends and loved ones, 
all those who have gone before us and all those who will come after us. Yes, today, we give thanks and sing praise to God that the one whom the grave and death could not hold, the one who raised three people that we know of from the dead, this same Christ makes a promise to you when he says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, even though he die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Friends in Christ, he is risen. And that changes everything. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in this one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen. We now